Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Chaos and Shadow podcast. My name is Kyle, and I am hosting without Pagan tonight. She was out doing big doctor's appointments and running around, so she's taking some time to recoup and rest up. I am here with an awesome friend of the show. Welcome aboard, Maidlin, who is also known as Weird Astrology. Maidlin, welcome. <laughs> Hello. So nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. It is so awesome to have you here because you've been part of our like say on Saturday sort of stuff that we've done live before. You've taken part in some awesome things in the community. Not only that, but you did my very first uh, astrology read ever. I just mm-hmm. dipped my toes in and, and that was uh, back in October. So got to do an awesome natal chart reading for me and I fell in love with it right away. You did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. We're going to talk all about that later, how people can get in there, subscribe to your business. I know you got a Patreon happening and all of that. Mm-hmm. But many of our people at Chaos and Shadow are probably semi new to astrology I'm wondering if you would like to take a moment to tell us about yourself, your background, and sort of how you came to astrology. Okay. Uh, so, hello. My name is Maitland Kelly. Um, I kind of was introduced to astrology, like, begrudgingly. <laughs> I was much more of an astronomy nerd um, in my younger years, but then... Uh, Long story short, I ended up meeting my birth mother in 2010, which meant I learned my birth time. And one of my best friends was really into astrology and he really wanted to do my chart. So because I had my birth time, he could finally do that. So he was like, hey, look at all of this stuff. And I was just like, what? Astrology is real? Wait a minute. Let me let me study this a little bit more and see if I can disprove it, because I didn't think that there was anything to it. But I wanted to be able to like prove that there was nothing to it. And, uh, the more I learned, the more I was like, Oh wow, it works. (laughs) And now suddenly this is my job. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So you went in there as a skeptic trying to disprove it first. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of us that have come to astrology in the same way, actually. (laughs) I want to hear about that because again, total astrology noob here. I have such little experience with it, but at large, I think I've come to a lot of the paranormal in that way. I grew up thinking like spirits were there with ghosts and things because of encounters, but uh, tarot cards, divination, all that sort of stuff, you know, really came with huge grains of salt for me. But to your point, Mm -hmm. I think the more now that I get my hands dirty with that stuff, I like to think I'm following your footsteps in saying the critical side does not stand. You know, you, you try and go in there and disprove and it rings true quite often. Yeah. Yeah. Was there reality is very strange. <laughs> yes. Was there anything like any kind of moments in, in getting into it that you would feel comfortable sharing that kind of shocked you with that? Like any any memorable things that you're like, I really cannot beat this. I cannot uh mm. almost disprove it. Um, well let's see. It was when I started learning more like of the old traditional techniques from like the Hellenistic period that it was around then where things started to really come together in like a cohesive way. Cause earlier in my studies, it was just like, Oh, sun and Aries means this Mercury and Taurus means this and so on and so forth. But it was just kind of like, well, how do I like apply that and like do stuff with it? But there's this technique called perfection years which basically um 
it, it goes based off of the 12 houses and we'll get into like the specifics of that, but basically like, um, age zero is you get, um, like a first house year, which has a lot to do with like you and your body and your stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it goes through the 12 houses. So when you get to like age 11 and the 12th house year, that is much more of a year where you're like secluded from everyone else because, um, the 12th house is, you know, a place of seclusion and your ages, it just like circles around. So age 23 is another 12th house year. And that whole song lyrics, no one likes you when you're 23 is not like, they don't, I don't think they had astrology in mind when they wrote it, but it's really fitting because 23 seems to be like a really difficult year for a lot of people. And it was just kind of like seeing that technique uh, play out in my life. Like uh, the 10th house, for example, that's like a career year. So like every 12 years when that is activated, it'll be like a big career time. And just like seeing these patterns play out is was just like, oh, wow. Well, I can't, ignore this this just seems to work too well that was one of the the first things that really had me like super sold and then also um looking at generations of people through the outer planets so like millennials are the pluto and scorpio generation and just kind of like seeing the different things that um society goes through in different whenever like pluto is in a particular sign because it takes that planet like 248 ish years to go around the zodiac and so you're gonna have it in a sign for like few decades at a time, uh, depending on where in the Zodiac it is. So it's a very like generational sort of deal. Um, so like the Pluto and Sagittarius generation, the, uh, Gen Z Pluto is all about like, you know, deep transformation and whatnot, but Sagittarius is a fire sign and it's very like outward and, um, millenn- not millennials, um, Gen Z just seems to be like a generation of little firecrackers. <laughs> They're just like, um, there's just so much like energy and zeal that they have just kind of like seeing that through the years. This is really, really interesting to me. And that, I thought it was really like telling. That is really freaking cool. I do personally, I mean, I consider myself a history buff, so I love to watch, um, just trends in, in humanity. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think like you were just saying that there's, there's certain groups and demographics that'll do, uh, more outlandish things than others in certain time periods. And I, I guess I guess this is where my brain opens to astrology all the more like day in and day out is I think that those patterns seem to resonate more and more like you just stated so well. And I I just maybe we can have a conversation about this. I had a hard time getting to astrology in a a solid way because I don't want to say there's a lot of charlatans out there, but there's a lot of mixed information at least. But there are some charlatans in all of the occult and paranormal. Um, Mm -hmm. I I was like, I, I love those patterns, but. One thing I noticed, there seems to be varying opinions on those. How did you kind of handle approaching a field where you could go 20 different directions and, you know, d- different schools of thought? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, so the what helped me, because like the first like 50% of my years studying astrology, mm-hmm. I felt very like lost and aimless with it. Um, so that's why I say, if you are serious about studying it, just get a teacher. (laughs) You'll go a lot faster if you have a teacher, um, or just at least take classes from astrologers. But what had really started to help me was actually the astrology podcast. Um, because it's, there's like so much 
information, but it's like organized in a, re- a very like easy to follow way. And a lot of the like older techniques I learned um, from there too. And like, if, if you use like one source to learn astrology, starting with that podcast is a really good one. Cause it'll also like open doors to a whole bunch of different really talented astrologers and their practices and things like that. Um, but when it comes down to like where and how do you start learning astrology? Um, I would say focus on natal astrology. Um, and then you can do like Western or Vedic or Chinese most of what people are talking about in like pop culture and whatnot is going to be like Western uh, astrology with the tropical zodiac. Um, but you can learn whatever you want. But if you want to know what like most of the people are talking about, it's going to be <laughs> Western tropical in this part of the world, at least, you know, in India, yeah. it's not that <laughs> depends where you are. Um, yeah, I really like that. That's a, that's a fantastic answer. Cause what I was thinking Someone can go and pick up tarot cards really quickly and, and they may not have a firm grasp of it, but at least you have them in your hands and you can shuffle them and throw down and you, you know, you can look it up in the book. But I, I think mm-hmm. you even talking about start with your natal is a good one because, gosh, for someone that has somewhat of a grasp of the paranormal uh, and these other techniques, I look at astrology and go, wow, I feel like I need to have so many things either memorized or maybe it gives me flashbacks to like high school math class or something. Maybe Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm doing a chart with the graphs and everything. But I, I, so the podcast sounds like a great resource. Are you someone that went for any kind of books too? Or is it more like, is that moved almost into like a more digital class-based space these days, the astrology, I guess online? Yeah, there's, there's definitely tons of books that are helpful. Um, my favorite beginner book um, is called You Were Born for This by Chani Nicholas. That one is just fantastic. And you don't need to have any amount of astrology background whatsoever. It can be completely new to you and it will make sense and you'll learn a lot. It's really, really good book. So for beginners, I really like that one. Um And uh, some other helpful ones for me were uh, like Planets in Transit by Rob Hand, um, which is basically like, what does, you know, sun uh, sextile Venus mean or, or, you know, sun sextile Mars or whatever. And it just kind of like goes through all of those planetary combinations. So that's a really helpful one for like, you know, tracking transits to your natal chart or tracking like, you know, what's going on in the sky at, you know, whatever particular day. That one's uh, another helpful one I I found too. These are super great resources. I literally just checked the, um, you were born for this astrology for radical self-acceptance into the uh, shopping cart. This is a recent book too. It looks like 2020. Does that sound like the right one? Yeah. Yeah, it is recent. It's really, really good. It looks awesome. Solid reviews. So uh, that's really great. I, Look, you're already getting me to put things in the cart. <laughs> it's yes. Maybe we could talk now a little bit about someone that wants to get their first read. Because I approached okay. you through Twitter and said, "Look, I'm turning 30. It seems like the right time. My friends are all talking <laughs> about natal reads. They're asking me things about mine that I've never had done before. Uh, so I got my information, got it all straightened out." 
and I went for the natal read. Is that like a typical place to start? And maybe you could teach us some of the various levels or like what you offer too. So yeah, maybe we could start there. Okay. So I offer natal astrology uh, primarily, which is basically just looking at the chart for the exact time, date, and location of your birth. And that basically shows you how, you know, like you fit within the context of the cosmos and this endless majestic rhythm of stars and stuff. Um, So that is mostly about, you know, like who you are and, you know, like your personality, your strengths and weaknesses, like your goals, what direction you want to take in life, things like that. It's very, very personal. Um, So that is what I think is probably the most popular form of astrology. Um, There are other services that you can get. Um, One is called electional astrology, and you don't have to have a natal chart reading done first. Electional astrology is basically um, trying to get a date for something you want to do that will be, you know, a very auspicious date based off of what's going on in the sky. So like, if you want to get married, your astrologer is going to, uh, find a particular date that will just make that a really good time for you to get married. You can also use it for like starting a business or, you know, signing a lease, submitting applications, doing your taxes, even like there's so many different things you can use electional for. So that can be very helpful. Um, another one is called horary astrology. Now that one I think is like the most magical because that one's kind mm-hmm. of like the most divinatory. So it's instead of like learning about yourself or trying to find a time for something horary you use for asking specific questions, like where's my passport? I lost my passport. Where is it? And they can find it. Um, will I pass this exam? Uh, someone bought me a gift or they said they did, but I haven't gotten it. Where's that gift? Is it in the mail? all sorts of things you can use horary for. It's really, really just like, it is amazing to me. Like I've been learning about astrology for over a decade and horary just still blows me away by like, how does it work so well? (laughs) But it does. It's really cool. That's so cool. I honestly, I've never, I don't think I've even heard of horary astrology before. Or honestly, if I did hear it, it probably went in one ear and out the other because I had no context for it. That's super neat though. Like I didn't, I didn't know... I I guess some a lot of this is falling into place for me because we hear, especially in Western American culture of celebrities having big astrology people they consult. And I've never really thought of why, like what are what are they consulting when you hear something like that? But to hear Mm -hmm. these different types of it and what it can be used for, especially was it called electionary? Was that the other one? Electional. Electional. I'm sorry. Electional. So that one on its own, I, I could see massive, like you mentioned, wedding dates and careers. I mm-hmm. hmm, never really even thought of that before. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I offer natal chart um, readings. Um, I'm learning electional. So I'm just a student for that one. Um, I don't know anything about how to do horror yet. <laughs> Uh, one day I'll get there. <laughs> it definitely seems like it's a it, it's a learning thing that unlocks as you go with it. And I mean, again, the read you did for me was just phenomenal. I think the amount of uh, just effort and skill that you put into it was really telling. 
uh, us also having a, a connection beforehand was really special. I mean, I, I want to use this as a selling point from you. I hope that's okay to say that, um, I mean, you really put so much into it. Like you knowing me, you were able to add and give context to my life in a way. So I just want to shout out that, you know, support and go to the people that you're friends with. Like, you know, where you're following weird astrology and they already like know you. I'm clearly hit up weird astrology for a read, everybody, because you're just going to get that extra layer of, of TLC in there. And it was really special to me. Again, got it around my birthday. It was awesome to hear someone talk about the podcast and the network and uh, you would say something like oh this sign is, is saying that you might be out there and talking about things you might be leading the public in some way and then you'd kind of turn to the camera and go yeah like chaos and shadow has you doing so it was just an extra dose of awesome to to see that I'm so glad you liked it. And it is a special honor to be able to do someone's very first astrology oh. reading too. I take that very seriously. So thank you so much for the oh. kind words. I'm so happy you enjoyed it. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So can we also talk about what you include in there? Cause I, you gave a lot of <laughs> stuff to me and I don't want to, maybe you tell everyone, cause I, I'm not going to remember off the top of my head, but I seem to uh, remember a Zoom video and maybe an MP3 of it. And then there were charts in, included. I, I was in there not too long ago looking. Uh, but that's mm -hmm. like awesome. You you give a full like table of information to people. What's mm -hmm. that like putting it together? Um, well, I always like to start with like astronomy context. So people have, you know, pictures of the constellations and like what was like actually in the sky and whatnot. Um, and then I will usually start with, you know, the sun, moon and rising, like the, the key points and then just kind of like zoom out from there. Um, so I will send the video recording, um, the audio only version because Zoom just gives me that mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, pictures of your charts that you can print out and um, yeah, some of like the uh, little extra astronomy goodies. So I get stuff. <laughs> I think that matters. It's that sort of presentation deal. You, you're giving people a lot for uh, for their money. And I, I think, again, you, you mentioned taking care of someone that's new to it. I felt very in the know, like the way you went about explaining things. I want people out there to know if you've not had a, a read before, uh, this is a great way to do it. I mean, weird astrology is just the, the stuff you've got going on really, really detailed. I felt walked through it from from start to end. Uh, but on top of astrology, because I think even in my read, we got into talking about how we like to sort of poke at the beyond and, and, and just explore other areas. I'm curious, is astrology, I would say, maybe your main thing? Do you have other divination types you like? What else do you like to explore out there in the weird of the world weird, um, weird world? I really like tarot. I've been doing that since before astrology. I picked that up in like 2007. Um, I do offer readings for that too, but to be honest, I like never advertise those readings because I find that like when people just like find me and get a reading from me that way and our paths just happen to cross, those readings are always just so mind blowing. So I kind of just like let the universe take, take the reins with the tarot readings. Um, because astrology keeps me very busy. Um, there's just a lot more going on with astrology. So that's where my focus is, but I still do tarot regularly. Um, and I also love Lenormand, um, which is a divination system using 36 cards. Uh, it's 
like Tarot in the sense that it is a divination deck, but it's also like a completely different system. It's a, it's like a blunt Tarot. It's very straightforward and to the point. (laughs) I love it. It's very fun. Really? I didn't know you were a Lenormand fan. I have two decks that I just recently like got in this last six months. I have played with them very, very briefly, and I I think I like them, you know, without having like a strong foundation. I've done some Mm -hmm. reading, but I would be so curious to hear your thoughts on that. Like, hmm. So you're saying it's a blunt tarot. I like that. It's you use like a for those out there, again, that may not be experts or, you know, very, very, very familiar with tarot. um, A lot of the reads are three card reads as a traditional. But in Lenormand, is that kind of a requirement? You do the three card read and read it like a story almost. That's how I've sort of heard it explained, if that's relevant at all. It doesn't have to be three cards. Mm. Um, One of the main differences between Lenormand and tarot is you don't do single card readings with Lenormand, where you can very easily and all the time with tarot. But Lenormand, each card is supposed to be read in context with at least another card. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the main difference. So you can do it with three cards, um, or two or five or seven in a line. Um, or you can do like a three by three grid. Uh, those are a good one too. And then you can also do what's called the grand tableau, which is just all 36 laid out too. Those are like the main spreads. I kind of want to do a grand tableau one of these times. I have certainly seen it in like the booklets and other things, but Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I guess I've not gotten strong enough with the cards because they do seem, hmm, maybe there's a way to talk about this too. I think there's something relevant in uh, the way the Lenormand cards are, are laid out as well. They're pictures. I don't want to like do any sort of disservice by saying they're simpler in a way, but like Tarot to mm-hmm. me feels like it has so much uh, traditional symbology, mm-hmm. the colors, all of that really, really important, or, or I would say at least in, in getting a grasp for the card. I feel like the Grand mm-hmm. Tableau in a way is almost a little more flexible because sometimes, you know, it, it tells you very briefly what it is, a gentleman or a um, a dog or something of that. There's a house that I can remember in a garden. Uh mm-hmm. I feel like it m- may in some ways uh, be really approachable if someone has not done formal traditional tarot yet. They could go and pick up a Lenormand mm-hmm. deck and have a lot of fun. Yeah, it's kind of like the least woo of the divination decks that you can use because like tarot, each card you can like meditate on. Yeah. Um, but Lenormand is not interested in that. Its purpose is for like really specific mundane questions like what's like am I going to get stuck in traffic today or (laughs) like what's the day going to be like is it going to be like really difficult not it's not really like abstract it's much more specific and down to earth that's good to know too because I admit I don't know hmm, I can't remember even the last question I asked it I I remember I did like a two-card read and it really wowed me at the time and it, it dropped some like I got the owl card out of there and we had just been talking about owls. So it was one of those really synchronistic sort of moments. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm going to have to break these decks out and, and get into them. I, I wasn't sure the style of question to ask before the scale or scope. And I think that's okay. a helper too. just saying that it, it might be aimed more towards your mundane daily questions. Yeah. Yeah. The answers tend to be very cut and dry, too. 
So there we go, everyone. All the more reason to go out there and pick up a Lenormand deck, though. The ones I have tend to be uh, pretty small, like playing card size. So for anyone that's Mm -hmm. looking for one, they do come a little bit smaller than the, the larger tarot boxes. Yeah, it's much easier to like keep it in your pocket and just like use wherever you are, where tarot requires a little bit more effort. Because it's bigger <laughs> and there's more cards. That is very true. Yeah, you got your 78 set there. Um, gosh, I am I am loving learning all about this tonight. I feel like my my brain, I, I want to go and tackle some astrology stuff. And I, I'm super excited to have you come by some of our future, say, on Saturdays and continue dorking around as we play with all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. just because we've had so much fun having you there and, and and all the weird mysteries that we've gotten ourselves into. This is a good reminder for folks out there listening. If you don't come by Twitch on Saturdays, we have a lot of fun over there as friends. There's a great community of people that are always chit-chatting and, and sharing the strange. Uh, am I correct weird in thinking that you've posted in there some some tarot pulls when we've done or, or some card pulls when we've done some say on Saturdays in the past? I feel like you've gotten yeah. involved in kind of uh, even like shared. I don't want to say channeling work, but you've gotten involved in the divination and mysticism of it yourself, right? Yeah, I remember there was one night uh, where I, I was doing some Lenormand pulls and I got the moon and some other things. Um, but then people who were using Tarot were also pulling the moon. And then the moon ended up to be like a hugely important theme for what you were getting with the Estes session. I don't remember the details, but I do have them written down. And uh, I'm excited to uh, join in more of the Saturday seances. I had to stop for a bit because uh, we moved and getting a house just is all of my time now. (laughs) I didn't know. I mean, first of all, thank you for, for fitting us in because we were chatting around the holidays and it was like, let's just, let's just set this for post new year's, you know, we'll do it when we're all a little bit calmer. When did you do the move and get settled in there? I I apologize for being absent-minded there. Oh, that's fine. It was so funny because the first day you said you asked me to uh, interview on the podcast was like the day we moved in. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I always try. Okay. I try and be considerate. You know, some of our friends will say, hey, we're going to be at a convention this weekend or whatever. And I will still end up sending people messages on a Sunday night while they're traveling or something. So I apologize, everyone out there, all of my friends. I just have unfortunate timing. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so the move went well, though. Is it my correct in thinking everything is smooth and you're settled in there? Is that right? Yes. Good. Yeah, I still have un- unpacking to do and all that mm. great fun. <laughs> but we're very happy here. Good. That is what it's really, really about. Um, and I feel like mm-hmm. there's something really special, too, in moving to a new place uh, when you're someone who partakes in, in this form of divination and magic. I think there's something extra special in, in learning and, and kind of merging with a new environment, uh, a genus loci, mm-hmm. if you will, like spirit of place. Uh, yeah, a whole new house spirit to get to know. Exactly. Did you mm-hmm. do any kind of special things or any anything of note? Maybe, you know, a cult or paranormal wise? Have you settled in and done any rituals or cleansings or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, witchy stuff is kind of just like a part of my everyday existence. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I tend yeah. to get stuck in like cycles myself where it's like it's it, I wish it were part of my everyday and I've kind of tried, but I 
I guess my natural rhythm is to let it build a little bit and then so I'm maybe more of a weekly witch. And I don't know how you feel about that, but I guess I, I've been really trying to let the stress off of my shoulders because some people on Twitter else see saying like, got to up my practice. I got to try more, more, more. And I'm like, but if it feels disingenuine, do you need to do more? Yeah. Take a breath and be yeah. happy. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty solitary and really happy about it. <laughs> I don't, I'm not concerned with what other people say you should or shouldn't be doing. <laughs> That's my favorite so, way. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I like that. I mean, as much as we were talking about like getting a teacher for, um, a, this is actually a really good kind of conversation to have you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. getting a teacher for astrology but we're mm -hmm. both of the mindset of do your practice how you want mm -hmm. i would say i see in the paranormal a lot a, a blending maybe a misuse teachers tend to push more than the subject that's at hand they a lot of there are certain teachers get a black eye in the community for pushing, you know, some ideologies and stuff too. How do you go about sussing out like a good teacher or, or anything like that? Do you have recommendations for people? Cause I don't know. I mean, I think in this last year, you've probably seen some of those too, that people wind up with the wrong crowd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, when looking for an astrology teacher, you kind of have to feel it out. So if what the astrologer is saying is making you feel like anxious or like small or powerless, uh, just don't listen to them because that's not what astrology is for. The point of it is to help you feel more uh, empowered, more knowledgeable, more prepared, and uh, like it's supposed to be like an uplifting thing. So if the astrologer is saying stuff that makes you feel Ooh, I get it. That's exciting. I can work with this. I know what to do with this. Good. That's what you want to look for. If the astrologer is saying things like, oh, Venus is opposite Pluto, so you might get abducted. <laughs> don't listen to that. <laughs> um, yeah, like if they're making really outlandish claims, it's probably not real. <laughs> So, yeah, just kind of like feel it out for, you know, is the person, is the astrologer, does it seem like they're approaching this from with the intent of wanting to like empower and uplift and educate? Good. Um, if not, then maybe be a little bit more suspicious. That is a wonderful way to talk about it, too. There's I like how you said the idea of them empowering you. Um, I guess to put them into two separate categories, there's certainly teachers that empower and uplift, that give you the tools to do the job. And then there's the other kind who make you dependent on them, even though they're, mm -hmm. quote, teaching you. And this, again, doesn't really matter what field exactly, but we see it in the, in the paranormal cult that, yeah, you'll get those teachers. They have the answers. Only they know. And, and you've got to be subscribed to their school of thought to do it. And those yeah. are the ones that I find people have some nasty stories come out about later on and say how much of a butt they were. Yeah, and that kind of mentality doesn't work for astrology because the field is just, 
enormous. It is vast as all hell. I mean, there's several thousand years of history and technique and traditions from all over the world. So there's never going to be one astrologer that has all of the answers. Like, no one, not even like for your specific field, are you going to be like the one person? There's always going to be a lot more people who know more. And also, like astrology gets better the more people you can talk to. Um, you need perspectives of other astrologers and you need uh, lots of clients and like their lived experience in order to like really learn as much as you can. So people who are like, oh yeah, I'm only ever going to psych myself. No, <laughs> doesn't work. Oh, wow. That's that's an interesting perspective on it. I, mm -hmm. I it triggers a memory. I, I don't mean to go too too much the drama route, but I got to say on an ethical note, um, do you have any opinions on I, I guess I've seen some people doing like needle chart readings and things for celebrities and other folks that they don't have any consultation with. They don't have any permission with. And I mm -hmm. think in the worst context, I saw it. Uh, used in like against someone that had passed away. It was like, well, they did this, that, and the other because their throat chakra told them to or like made <laughs> them do this. And it was like, it. I don't know, it just, it, I cannot imagine someone like you being like, that is a green light, you know, use people's dates and stuff against them to kind of paint their picture. How do you feel about that kind of taking off in, in even just drama zones like Twitter to begin with? One should not weaponize astrology. First and foremost, because that's not what it's for. <laughs> so there's that. Um, there's lots of gray areas in the field because it is unregulated. It's only regulated by, you know, individual astrologers, basically. I mean, there are groups um, that you can join, but, you know, their code of ethics is just like their code and it's not generally accepted. It's also really hard to get a, one single set of code of ethics for so many different kinds of astrologies. So that's kind of tricky when it comes to reading the charts of public figures. Um, I mean, there are better and worse ways of doing that. So if you're just kind of like commenting on, oh, they just got elected and that, and it's correlating with this particular thing in their chart or something like that, that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, especially if it's like, you know, politicians or actors, people who are like super duper famous and whatnot. Um, pretty much everybody does that with astrology. Sure. Um, but when it comes to like reading the chart of just like some random person, that's kind of, it's probably best to get their permission. Um, and like when it comes to reading charts solely to find shitty things about people that I don't think you should do with like a famous person or a regular person because you just shouldn't be using astrology for that purpose really um because like having astrological skill and expertise is a responsibility uh <laughs> Saturn speaking <laughs> but it. it really is like astrology is beautiful and really cool but it's not you know all fun and games like you can see some like really serious things so you should like approach it with a lot of like 
care and compassion and kindness. And because like, if people are new to astrology and they see you like roasting someone's chart and just like making fun of them, that's going to completely turn them off to the entire field, which sucks because it can be such an uplifting and healing and validating experience to get your chart done. So that's why I feel like you should be nice with astrology. (laughs) (laughs) I think you summarized it. I, amazingly to what I was talking about really in saying never weaponize it. I I think that goes for Tarot or really any kind of the divinatory where you're doing a read. You said there very well uh, that, I mean, we're, t- we're treating these folks like patients in some capacity, right? Someone's coming to you with confidence. Um, and so that's a part of it, too, is is keeping people's confidence, whether you're reading Tarot or, or any kind, pendulum read, whatever it may be, is keeping mm-hmm. people's business safe and secure. But like you said, mm-hmm. not really just being a dick about it. Don't take it and do the worst you can or find bad things in people. Because yeah. that's just, and I, like I said, I, I talked about a specific case where I had seen it. And, and to what you said, it was a celebrity. So, you know, public information. But it, it broke that major rule of this doesn't need to be said. This doesn't add to a conversation. It's speculative, you know, and and and, and you could do that for Tarot too. If, you know, we're flipping mm-hmm. cards for people and, and trying to, I don't know, explain why they did something wrong in the public eye, why they're in scandal. I feel like we, I don't know, almost do ourselves a little disservice by putting our nose in where it doesn't belong. Yeah. And like with, with people who recently passed away on uh, doing, you know, charts about that or whatever, the way I think of it, if that person who passed away was my family member and some random astrologer on Twitter was like making comments about it, I'd probably not be thrilled. <laughs> so I just kind of put myself in in that mindset and then don't talk about it because there's billions of charts that you can talk about, <laughs> you know, so. I like that you said it. We are in a world where there are, uh, well, you you summarized very well earlier in saying there's so many types of astrology as it stands. We live in a world with TikTok and Twitter, Instagram and more. So you can find a billion people all pushing a different style of it all at once. And I think tonight's conversation has been, I I really hope for our audience, but for me, it's been really enlightening in how to approach it as a total newbie on my side, but also how to kind of just find your way in a space um, that is crowded, that has a lot of different voices and a lot of opinions. And I'm very proud to count you among my group of friends that I could turn to and ask these questions. Because when you're on the outside looking in, you can't tell sometimes where where is the good info? Where is the strange info? Where do you start? So Maitland, I'm so, so happy that you got to come by tonight. It means so much to me. Thank you so much. So nice to be here. I want folks out there to go and support the heck out of your work. And I want you to take some time. Tell us what are the social media platforms they should start following you on for starters. Okay. So the most active one that I'm on is Twitter. So you can find me at weird underscore astrology. Uh, Yeah, there's that. Um, I'm on Instagram. My handle is at mmkelly.space. And that is the exact same as my website. So if you come across a Maidlin Kelly on Instagram and their handle is not my website, 
that's not me. And there's a whole lot of fakes going on. They haven't gotten me yet, Ugh. but just so you know. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it. That's... I've got a Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash weird astrology. No underscore in there. Uh, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. I'm not like on TikTok or Facebook or anything. It's too much. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And like you said, the scammer <laughs> stuff out there on Instagram. I'm so glad you called that. I don't even know if we've talked about that on the show yet before. Just it's never come <laughs> up. But the amount of, you know, mutual acquaintances that we see always fighting these scammers, never getting like verified, but always having um, mm-hmm. what sounds like really effective scams, I hate to say it. Like, it does sound like yeah. people are getting roped into them quite often. And that makes me sad to hear that some of our friends have fallen and, you know, become victim to that. So do your diligence, folks. It takes, I mean, especially if it's an Instagram message, like if it comes to you on that platform mm-hmm. in particular, put on your Instagram scam goggles because you're going to have to go to work <laughs> sussing it out. Just go to their real yeah. page. Make sure that you're following. Because um, this, I mean... Yeah, you want to get the real deal. Maitland, thank mm-hmm. you so, so, so much for coming by. As you get settled into the house, you are more than welcome to come and join us for any of the Say On Saturday sessions. I mean, if you want to come by and actually um, do like a co-host spot like you've seen some other folks do, that door is Ooh. wide open to you. That would um, be so much fun. Yeah. What, when, do you, when do you think your schedule is going to open up, even lightly, generally, roughly? Are we talking March? March? Wonderful. Yeah, February is pretty booked. That's Got good some news. exciting stuff coming up in February. Ooh, is that going to be things that? Oh my goodness, I'm, I don't even want to. Do you want to? Is there anything you can tease us with? Is there anything at all, or should we just leave it? At yeah, that? tease. Yeah, tease. I'll be I'll be doing a presentation for PhenomenaCon. <gasps> my gosh that is so cool i'm freaking out i'm sorry i'm so excited too (laughs) i'm freaking out because it's just so awesome to see you getting highlighted there i'm so happy for you yeah i'm so excited i don't know how often astrologers get to do paranormal conventions (laughs) so it's pretty sweet and it's a group of people that I know they're going to love you because, again, the, just the stuff you do is so spot on. It's so that flavor. It's so that brand. So it's going to be uh, wonderful. I cannot wait for that weekend. Yay. You just made it all the more special for me. Yay. Ah, well, everyone out there, you have tons of links to get involved in Maidland's stuff uh, from Twitter to Instagram to Patreon and the website. Get those by clicking into the description of the show notes, whether you're on Spotify or iTunes or some other site, you can find them there. If you can't, revelatornetwork.com forward slash news has all of our blog posts, which will have uh, an update and have the video for this one. We do that. We record these and we do them live here on Monday nights usually about 7 p.m. Eastern time, depending on the the, the guest schedule. So, Maidlin, thank you for getting in here this evening. This was just absolutely gorgeous to do. And um, if anyone else needs to get further involved, again, all the links will be up there. Uh, We have the stuff for the Say On Saturdays. Come and get active on those over on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Paranormal. We're talking to some interesting stuff. Like Maidlin mentioned that Estes session where we had uh, some interesting moon cards come out. That's, I'll tell you, uh, it's my last thing to say that that I'm very excited to see if we can talk to that moon energy again, Maidlin. I don't know how, yeah. but maybe 
that's what we should do in March. Maybe we should set our intentions on um, seeing if we can get some of that moon talk back into our, our rhythm. We haven't heard that in a little bit. Yeah, I'm also interested to like experiment with, um, you know, seeing what sort of like astrological conditions are very conductive to seances versus what is like more tricky. There's a lot to explore. Do you I mean, I I want to put zero work onto your plate, first of all. But that being said, do you like I'm wondering for our experiment, would that be something you almost want to plan a date for like in advance to to kind of do some chart work? I. I turn to you as the yeah. knowledge professional to say what might be interesting. So you tell me what would be good for you. But there's some really cool ideas about setting the date and the time for when the experiments yeah. could happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be totally into that. Because oh, I was already wow. taking notes to see, like, you know, the the first few that I attended, I was trying to figure out, like, what what is making it you know, like some where there was a lot of communication coming through and others where there just like wasn't very much. So yeah, I'm excited to play around with this. It'll be fun. Oh my gosh. There you go, everyone. Hook, line, and sinker. I'm sold so much on this. March has something really exciting coming on the schedule. Uh, I guess I will kind of just turn to you. We'll we'll talk back and forth, but uh, kind of kind of take the lead on that in whatever way makes you comfortable. You know, we do uh, roughly on Saturdays. But hey, if you throw at us some other option that sounds really cool because of a certain time or place space working better, uh, that's what experimenting is all about. Poke around and find out. So I cannot wait. I'm all jazzed up. Yeah, everyone out there. We want you to stay super duper duper safe. Be good to yourselves. Be good to everybody. It's still a crazy world. So take care. Have lots of love. Be good to one another. Go check out all of Maidlin and Weird Astrology's work. They have some really great stuff. Go get those reads. Go get subscribed up on the site and the Patreon. And we will catch you all very soon. You have a great rest of your night. And we'll see you Wednesday and Saturday and all the times we're streaming. Bye-bye, folks.